We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday morning, the 22nd of August. Fall is around the corner. Football's around the corner. It's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Scott Kennedy. Scott, uh, how you doing? How's that? Uh, you talking? About, tell me a little bit more about your cycling. Oh, I, uh, I used to cycle a lot. <clears throat> um, I've just started getting back into it uh, here in the last two weeks and everything around where I live in Atlanta is hilly. It's hilly as hell. So it's like mm-hmm. intimidating to get out there. Um, so the first couple times, the first time you're out there, I'm like, all right, do I even want to leave the neighborhood? Um, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, okay, I survived the second time out. Okay. I survived a little more. The third time out, you're still a little nervous going out there. Like, all right, I, th- I think I can still, I feel good about this, but it's 93 degrees and I'm, old and out of shape (laughs) but the third time out is when it starts you kind of break through a little bit and you're like okay i'm riding now i'm not just uh i'm not just out here trying to make it i'm actually you know deciding which gear i want to use instead of am i gonna have to stop or not and who doesn't come and stop for us gregory vendelin coming in Mm -hmm. look at you coming in hot pink speaking of hot with the fuchsia with the huge support right out of the gate man talk about getting us started Nick and I are like, oh, it might be a little slow today. It was a little slow last night. Well, it's not slow now. We're coming out firing. So mm. thank you so much, Gregory. It, it 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 does wonders for us. It really does. Yeah, thank you so much, Gregory. Talking about let's ride. Gregory's riding with us today. We appreciate that really coming in here. Yeah, I have a buddy out here who is a big time cyclist. He like races and stuff too, but his favorite thing to do is the uh, the bike packing. So he'll go out. He'll has like all his little bags attached, and he'll go do. 80 miles over three days or something. So it's I, the only I kind of cardio I didn't mind doing. I don't mind doing. Yeah. Like I, I hate running. I was a soccer player. If I was running, I wanted to play something Yeah, like, Oh, let's just go jog for an hour. No, that's miserable. Yeah. But I could ride for when I first moved here, I was in decent shape and I did a 30 mile ride a couple hours, mm-hmm. 2000 feet of elevation lots. It's the only time where it's like where it starts to hurt and you don't mind. Cause it's, I think it's cause it's fast and it's yeah. probably a little dangerous. It keeps your mind engaged. Mm-hmm. Jogging sucks. <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, I, most of my cardio is high elevation, carrying a large pack and like, yeah, that's doing something. As yeah, hard as that's I can. that's yeah. doing something. But yeah. you know, when you're, when you're on your bike, you know, in 45 minutes, you can be 
a long, long way away from your house. So yeah. you're like, all right, I better keep going. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take somebody 30 minutes to come pick me up. So yeah. Yeah. So, well, good. That's a lot of fun. I have not crossed into that cycling life uh, yet, but maybe someday. I have no, uh, I was born with a lack of uh, a back end, really. I have a very small butt. Uh, so, riding the bike has never been the most fun experience. Uh, padded for me, shorts, man. I got I, the padded shorts. Yeah, that's that would be great. Uh, I'd probably have to look into that. Mark Schrader. No, I just wear them when I'm sitting at my desk. So, yeah. You know. Like the Hank Hill uh, with this stuff, little, uh, just like the. God, what was it? The lawnmower races, and he blows out one of his uh, padded uh, little things because he he also lacks the butt. Yeah, I got the Hank Hill butt going on. Mark Schrader, good morning from the Inferno. Oh, man, I know it looks hot there in Texas. I think you guys got a tropical storm uh, coming your way as well on the at least the Gulf side of things. So hopefully you guys are doing okay. And Mark, uh, hopefully it'll cool down soon. Fall is just around the corner, and we appreciate you coming in and saying hello. We got Kevin Gray in the house saying morning, Nick and Scott. Big Mile High salute. To Broncos country. Good to see you, Kevin. Jeremy, Sean, morning, boys. Do you guys think Josh Jacobs will play week one? So there's been recent reports that uh, Raiders star running back, former first-round pick from Alabama, and the 2022 season scrimmage yardage leader. Uh, Josh Jacobs is going to play week one, and he's been sitting out because of the franchise tag. He wants a new contract. I don't blame him. I mean, he's a running back. I don't also blame the Raiders for not wanting to pay him totally. So it's, I mean, it's song and dance. We'll see 20 more times on this uh, current collective bargaining agreement. We've seen it 20 times before. Uh, do I think Josh Jacobs will play week one? I'm going to kick that to Scott. What do you think? Yes. Yes. Nice and simple. I mean, yes, I think he will play week one. It doesn't take anything. I'm exaggerating, but you can sign a running back. You've signed running backs, Broncos country. You have signed running backs and put them into the lineup that same week. This is a guy who's already on the team. He already knows the basic concepts of the offense. He's been working out and frankly, not taking hits and going through practice is probably actually better for a running back than it is for other players who need to do some things to stay fresh and ready to go. So I fully expect to see Josh Jacobs in, I mean, that's still in three weeks, two and a half weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's basically, you know, it's two plus weeks. It's only Tuesday. That's three weeks. You play Sundays. So it's, it's yeah. two weeks and five days. I'm going to call that three weeks yeah. before he needs to be out there. He's playing. Yeah. I think he'll play as well. Uh, his games against the Broncos have been unbelievable. Uh, if you just took his output versus Denver and like extrapolated that to a regular season, he'd like, like be the all-time leading rusher per season uh, just because he absolutely decimates uh, the Broncos for some reason. And I'll be, I'm, I'm just going to be concerned about Josh Jacobs until the Broncos find out a way to stop him. I know there's been sometimes, you know, the past four or five years, running backs have come in and the Broncos have done amazing against them. Uh, but Josh Jacobs has really had their number. And as Scott and I have touched on here a bit, we're a little bit worried about the, the beef on the Broncos defensive line uh, outside of DJ Jones. I don't know if I feel great about any of the interior defensive linemen, as far as run stopping and uh, gap clogging, so to speak. I do like the Broncos linebackers coming downhill, but it's that first line of defense that I'm concerned about. We'll see about Josh Jacobs. Scott, I agree with you about him coming in and playing right away and being fine because it's the same scheme as last year where he was great. Do you have any thoughts about though the quarterback position changing around? I mean, I know that doesn't change too much for the run game, but is there any chemistry concerns about not being out there with the uh, 
Raiders moving on from Derek Carr and working out with new quarterbacks. Uh, let's come back uh, come back to that real quick because I, I okay. wanted to uh, look up some of your. You know, you said he's a Broncos killer. I wanted to look it up. Just how bad is it? it is uh, he's got more than a hundred yards against the Broncos than he does against any other team, despite playing one extra game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, it's seven hundred and twenty-one yards and nine touchdowns in seven games. He's played eight games against the Chiefs and has five hundred and seventy-four yards and four touchdowns. And then obviously the Chargers would be next because he, he the division opponents at five eighty five and five, so he scored twice as many touchdowns. And that's just uh, the rushing numbers. He also has the most passing yards, receiving yards uh, against the Denver Broncos. So yes, he has had some success against the Denver Broncos, as you know. It, it sometimes it feels that way, and you're like, well, he's good against everybody. Yeah, but he's been really good against the Broncos. You're, you're- we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're right on that one. Um, I, I don't think it affects him too much. I think, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, <clears throat> if anything... Is Jimmy G playing? Is he starting this game? You know, that's a good question. I have not really started to dig into the Raiders yet. I know Jimmy Garoppolo is coming back from injury. They do have a rookie uh, who's been getting a lot of praise in Aiden O'Connell from Purdue, uh, who's been really good for them in camp. But I do think, I think it's going to be Jimmy Graham uh, starting week one. Even if it's not, Jimmy's a, he's not Jimmy dump off, but he's, He's not a huge downfield thrower in my mind. No. They no. he's coming from an offense using where he's using his backs. So no, I, I don't think if anything, I think you're leaning on Jacobs more. Yeah. With a new quarterback coming in, especially if it's a rookie. Now, can you take more chances and try and stop him because you can load the box a little bit more? Uh, I think that's a possibility. You might have more success against him, but I don't think his usage is going to go down at all based on a quarterback change. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with you. And uh, heck, maybe that <laughs> will tip the scales. If you have any questions about some of the defensive linemen you keep, maybe you're thinking Josh Jacobs, uh, week one, we're probably going to play, be playing a good amount of base. Uh, Michael Mayer is out there now as well. So you probably see more linebackers and safeties out there. Uh, maybe Mike Purcell does make the team in the end. It's just, I, there's no, I have no read on Mike Purcell. I haven't asked about him, but the fact that we haven't, seen or heard from him in so long and he's you know a veteran with a solid cap hit makes me wonder if anything's going to happen there but uh, we'll see we got richard coming in uh with the gosh i haven't done my uh european conversions here that's uh five euros coming he is in. a euro yep he is a euro coming in here saying uh thanks for your company as a podcast on my daily walks with the dog richard you and i are on the same page i listen to a lot of podcasts 
and call family uh, on my dog walk so I can appreciate the uh, gathering information during dog walks. Uh, he says, what is our no- number one position I need after the first two preseason games? I'm going to ask this uh, in two ways. I'm going to break this into two questions, Scott. Immediate need and long-term perspective need. So looking at the Broncos, immediate, and they might be the same, but I think that's that's still two different questions. And I, I read this coming in and was trying to think and think and think, and I still didn't have a great answer for Richard. That's a tough question. <sighs> immediate need. Number one need, number one position of need after two preseason games, wide receiver. Yeah. I, I think, you know, receiver. So whether it ends up being Dulcich or Mim steps up, but for me, I think... I think Cushenberry so far after two preseason games, it would have been center for me. It's been center for me for 18 months. Looks okay. Looks that that looks like it's competent. The passing game right now on offense is probably what scares me the most. Uh, being able to get that going, and that should be the bread and butter of this team, which is why I'm a little nervous coming in. Um, if I look on the defensive side of the ball. A true a number two safety, you know, is is that gonna is that really gonna happen? Or are you gonna be with KJ or Stearns? Is he gonna take it? Or I would probably say that big dude in the middle, you know, a, a, a true number one defensive tackle slash nose guard. So I'm gonna say wide receiver and a 320 pound wrecking ball in the middle of your defense. Yeah, just somebody to play off DJ Jones uh, would be my number one, whether that be, it could be Mike Purcell. I mean, he had good even moments depth, last year. Though, Nick, you know, even just to, yeah, it's just, you're short on numbers there too. Yeah. The, the mass kind of guys, you know, I've if got, I could I'd love to put someone in three, four and be able to slide DJ outside. Yeah. Or, you know, not I. even outside into a four, four spot, I. you know, yeah. Yep. It's it, in, into the, the three, four end. And then I got Zach Allen, big grave digger in the middle yeah and then dj jones and i'm feeling pretty good about it yeah i really like dj jones at the one technique spot when you are a little bit more in a attacking mm-hmm. uh front like the penny like him as a one technique and a penny i need him for penetration if i need him to hold up the line he's he's not as he's still really good don't get me wrong yes. i think i think he's your best defensive lineman oh yes take him 100%. in a heartbeat but again Going back and comparing to a guy like Grady Jarrett, Grady Jarrett is much more effective three technique <laughs> as a four-three defensive tackle for yeah. the Atlanta Falcons than he is as a three-four nose guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it could, could be a copy, uh, copy paste like Dexter Lawrence. You know, three hundred six four, three hundred and fifty pounds, three hundred forty pounds from the New York Giants. Uh, he's been incredible. We'll see uh, what happens there. Another one that stands out. So wide receiver, that's a good call, and we're going to get into wide receivers here in a bit because the Broncos have made some moves. Positions been dropping like flies. Uh, long term, long term. You want to what you you answer yours, and then we'll go to long term. Uh, I was going to do long term, but mine was I think wide receiver. I'm I'm with you in terms of wide receiver and uh, defensive tackle as well. Uh, after that, it's like you have enough pieces around and out there that you I think you want to see what you have versus having to do one in an immediate need. I guess you could still say uh, kicker. It does seem like the Broncos have been linked. Uh, Jeff Duncan has mentioned the Broncos trading for Will Lutz. I would rather see who's uh, cut and everything like that if we were going to make a move there rather than give up uh, draft picks because the Broncos are already still low for next year after the Sean Payton trade and trade up for Riley Moss. So I'm not about giving up more yeah, picks. Trade up for Marvin Mims. I don't know if that cost you anything for next year, but there was I don't think it some did. giving up yeah. some picks that are going on. 
Yeah, they, they definitely gave up future picks 2024 draft for, for the Riley Moss trade. Uh, don't think they did for Mims, but the yeah, those are I would probably hold on that long term perspective. Uh, I think that I mean, as Congress says, what happened? The Broncos thought they were a quarterback away. They thought they were a quarterback away if the quarterback they landed was a top five, top 10 caliber. And the one they got last season was bottom 10, uh, maybe worse. So if you have a top five, top 10 quarterback, I think the Broncos were probably could have made the playoffs, but it was just such an absolute cluster. You know what of injuries, incompetence, bad, not getting what you thought you traded for, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Poor game management penalties. I mean, it just goes on and on. So not a quarterback away from being Super Bowl players, but if they thought they were getting enough, you put in a top five quarterback, top 10 quarterback on the team last year, they probably make the playoffs. Yeah. So that's well, not with that coaching staff and stuff. I mean, you, you don't know. I mean, Russell yeah, Wilson may <laughs> still be a top 10 quarterback. You know, we said it again yeah. yesterday, the offensive line and everything else was so bad. I don't know how, what I've gotten Russell Wilson. I couldn't tell for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and when I say those two positions, just because I say wide receiver, that doesn't necessarily mean, oh, you have to go get a wide receiver. It means also, uh, Richard, that someone needs to step up into that spot. So it could be internal. Right now, after two preseason games, I haven't seen much of Jerry Judy. I haven't seen much of Cortland Sutton. I haven't seen much of Marvin Mims. No. Those three guys could be pluses, all three of them. I have very all the confidence in the world that Jerry Judy is going to be a, a – a one or two wide receiver on a good team in this league. Feel, mm -hmm. feel good about it. Um, Marvin Mims is still a question mark. And to a certain extent, Nick, Cortland Sutton is still a question mark. There's been a lot of positive hype coming from internally about Cortland Sutton this year, uh, losing a lot of weight. Sounds like he's been hyper-focused. Uh, he's been somebody that a lot of people connected to the team have been uh, pumping up a bit. So we'll be curious to see what Cortland Sutton does this year when the, it's actually like real football and they're, you know, targeting and trying to work with the wide receivers in. Uh, but the depth of wide receiver position is concerning. You need playmakers on the boundary. I mean, with and it's never been easier to draft and find those guys. But right now, the Broncos, Marvin Mims, missed a lot of training camp. He didn't really stand out to me at all in that preseason game versus the 49ers. Didn't really have an opportunity. But again, I didn't it's really. still an unknown. Yeah, it's an unknown. You, you look at the offense, you're like, right, what does this team need right now when I'm watching? And I'm like, they need a, a playmaker. And, mm -hmm. and like I said, it could be one of the guys that are out there. It's, it's preseason. Yeah. That, that playmaker could, and you're hoping, should emerge from at least one of those three guys. Yeah. And uh, long-term, and, and immediately you need the guys that you have in your offensive line to step up and pass protection. I think the run game looked, I was pretty impressed overall with the run looks uh, that they had versus the 49ers. Once, there was a big difference once uh, Fred Warner was out too. So that's a, uh, obviously he's the best linebacker in football. If you're not including Micah Parsons, different, totally different types of uh, skill sets, but uh, I was impressed with the run blocking the offensive line as a whole, though. Hopefully they continue to improve and gel and we'll see what they look like, you know, weeks, uh, one, two, three, four, when they're kind of really starting to get it together. But the run stuff looked pretty good uh, to me. I was excited about that. Yes or no. Cortland Sutton is a Denver Bronco in 2024. I'm going to go with yes for now, just because uh, the Tim Patrick stuff and overturning that wide receiver room, drastically doesn't seem super likely for me. And there's enough positives coming from internally that I think the coaching staff is pretty, uh, pretty happy with Sutton right now. I think it stays on that contract because you would have no. flexibility. 
No, I don't think they'll stay on that contract. There'll be a, some sort of renegotiation extension, uh, but the number is not going to be what lower it is. his cap number significantly. Yeah. Um, cause I'm looking at it and it's like, okay, Patrick's not, I, I don't see Patrick coming back unless it's like crazy cheap. Yeah. I don't redo, see Patrick. Yeah. I'm, I'm not counting on Patrick being part of this room. Yeah. So Jerry Judy, you've already picked up his fifth year option. So he's there, but he's going to be now, I think his fifth year option is probably, if it's not eight figures, it's pretty close. It's, it's probably $11 million, $12 million. I have to look that up real quick. Um, Marvin Mims, you invested significantly in it and a high pick. Cortland Sutton is on a high dollar contract that is he's not earning right now. So that contract, if he's back, it won't be on that contract. So long term, I could see a high round pick, a first round type pick being invested into a wide receiver. And I also have to think, hey, my quarterback's getting older. So long term, you need a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Long term. Russell said he wants to play, you know. 20 years in the league that give him another seven years or so. But he said that the other day is so I want to play 20 years. I'm like, that'd make you about 43. Wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. I'm 34 right now. A Jerry Judy's option, uh, fifth year option guaranteed of 12.987 yeah. million. Uh, so that's, yeah, that would uh, be three eight figure receivers with Patrick Sutton and Judy. Yeah. That's fine. If they're all number ones. Yeah. But right now you've got, Flashes of a number one from Judy. You've got a former number one in Cortland Sutton and a damn man in in Tim Patrick. Just feel bad for him. Yeah, that's what I mean. Just like it just sucks. Like I said, I'm glad he's gotten it. It's not great for Broncos checks and balances, but I'm I'm here for players, man. I'm glad he got that contract. Yeah, me too. Seems like a great guy. Just really unfair. Uh, But wide receiver... I agree with you long-term. The Broncos need wide receiver, but having just spent a second-round pick on Mims, I think that they'll probably slow play it at least for the 2024 offseason, unless like a guy they love is there. I mean, it's a pretty good wide receiver class. Obviously, everybody knows Marvin Harrison Jr., but there's a guy at LSU, too, who really has caught my eye. His name is not escaping me. Uh, his name is escaping me right now. Uh, but long-term, I think that you look at contracts of Can I guess, guys at premium can I guess what you're going to say? I mean, everybody knows. Everybody say it together, but you can go ahead. Yeah. I, I don't know if everybody's... I would say left tackle. Left tackle. That's what okay. I was going to say. Yeah, Gary that's Bulls what I was going to Because I'm like, that's 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 probably a better option than wide receiver. Yeah. Um, But go on. Yeah, left tackle really sticks out for me. Um, Looks like a pretty good tackle class coming up here. And both offensive tackle and defensive tackle. So that's one that really stands out. Uh, Garrett Bowles, he's not playing on that contract next year. I thought he did look markedly better. Uh, in the game versus the 49ers, there's still a few bad reps in there, but not like pulling your hair out. What is going on? Like he, we saw versus the Cardinals against like all pro uh, type uh, Hafunga who, where he had a couple bad reps. So, you know, that's, that can happen. Uh, but uh, left tackle is one that really stands out for me. Defensive tackle. We talked about it a lot. That's a position you could add to just as more beef up front. It says the Sean Payton team, which is a Bill Parcells disciple. We're talking trenches a lot here with him. And the other one that stands out here is edge rusher, just because of the value of it. And because of Randy Gregory's contract, if you move on from Randy Gregory, yeah, Frank Clark one year deal, and you're just sitting there with Jonathan Cooper on his last year and Nick Benito, you need another quality body in that room, especially in the AFC West. So even though edge is, I think is looks really shaping up well for 2023, 2024 could be a completely different landscape. So those are the ones long-term that stand out for me and they all fit value positions. One that's not a value position that stands out a lot, tight end. Uh, Greg Dulcich seems complimentary piece. I don't think he's going to be getting, you know, a lot, 
most of the snaps at the tight end spot. There'll be enough for him, but he seems like, I feel like they want a true both way wide tight end. Uh, there was a lot of rumors that they were interested in Michael Mayer and Luke Musgrave in the last draft class, maybe even trying to trade up for those guys, not getting them. And then they end up getting Troutman. I think they're looking for a true inline go both ways kind of guy. So long-term a wide tight end stands out. What's your record have to be to have a shot at Brock Bowers? He, you know what, Scott, he, I don't know if he is a true wide tight end. He's like 230, 235. He's like a small, I mean, he's incredible. I'd take him. What's your record have to be? You're probably picking in the top. Dallas Clark type. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, so, I mean, he, he's going to kind of play, I think, big slot and H-back and stuff uh, as much as, you know, the inline stuff uh, for uh, Georgia and in the NFL. But I digress. Uh, y tight end is also another one where you could use another weapon for sure. Uh, good morning, Michael Rankio. Appreciate the stars here. Wanted to, uh, I wanted to hit on a couple of these questions real quick. Uh, Conga says, you know, I'm wondering how the GM still has a job after that miscalculation. Uh, we hit on that last last spring of and in the winter conga that he had three job killing moves Mm -hmm. and it would not have surprised me in in fact he asked is he going to be here september 1st i said no i don't think he will be um he's here he he is he's going to finish this year for sure after that we will see Mm -hmm. uh but he had three three moves that could have cost you your job the trade the contract and nathaniel hackett any one of those three could have been job killers with hindsight, would you consider the big contracts to Sutton and Patrick also? Uh, I mean, everybody, I would praise with, him at the time. With hindsight, yes, but yes. absolutely not. Those were the right yeah. moves. Yeah, I agree. With, okay. I mean, with the, the and and for me, I mean, we're, we're judging all of this in hindsight when we're saying that yeah. it could have cost you your job. The only one of those three that I really questioned at the beginning and maybe you wouldn't have gotten him beforehand, then I would have seriously questioned whether I wanted him was that gigantic contract extension. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Never before know. you'd ever played a game. You just don't know. There's so much pressure moving to a new city with a new coach, a brand new first-year head coach and the staff, and all of the scrutiny that goes with it and all of that money, the pressure is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, get settled first. You know, get, get settled in. There's going to be enough pressure on you already. It's, I mean, it was a... Fairly team-friendly deal. I mean, if you remember, Russell Wilson was actually criticized for being kowtowing or whatever the phrase is to the man, to the man for for taking such a team-friendly deal and how he was screwing over everybody else. It's uh, it was it was pretty silly. Me, me, I'm thinking, all right, guys, what's what's your rush? You got two years on this deal, Russ. Make sure it's the right place for you because this is your last big contract. Denver, make sure it's the right thing for you before you hit your wagon to a guy that's never thrown it down for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ride before you buy, right? That's uh, uh, would have been. Let's ride before you ride uh, buy. But the Gatorade Gaming coming in. Morning, Nick and Scott. What's good? Broncos country. Buck you all. Buck you too, Gatorade. Hope you're doing well. Donald Willison. Good morning to you. Hope you're doing well. Well, we got uh, Il Ray Tito saying hot tamales. Morning, everyone. David Youngkin saying morning, Broncos country. What's new this morning? We're just hanging out, having fun. Broncos for breakfast from Chase Wellner. Always good to see you. RJ says, morning all. Glad to catch you live for once. Also, do you guys think um, we'll see more from Mims in game three? Looking forward to his development under Peyton. With Marvin Mims having been dealing with injuries and the Broncos wide receiver position already so thin, I maybe it's just me being conservative on this one, but I don't even know if I'd want to see Mims out there in that one other than maybe getting some uh, punt duty out there just to get the reps under his belt. 
you know, like good, get out there on top of jugs machine. I don't need it with two gunners running at me with the threat of taking off and running, man. It's different though, right? Like if you, you have to have your focus. If you know, guys are coming, that's a different situation than taking it off. The, jugs I know, machine. But the, 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 the juices kick in. I want to yeah. return this kick in. I don't know. It's, I, I'd rather have him take reps at wide receiver before punt returner, for goodness sakes, so I'm worried about his health. Yeah. I just feel like that's an area, if you have any questions there at all, especially with Montreal Washington behind him, that's one spot where I'm not sure about. Wide receiver, I need to protect him. So, I don't know. That's a tough question. Um, I, I don't know what I would do totally. I From a roster-building perspective and just from you know making sure he's ready to go, the punt stuff Again, would be good. With two but. weeks, with two days of... Uh, joint practices. Mm-hmm. Usually you don't see your first team and Mims is close. He's close in there. Uh, he's being counted on. He's, yeah. he's on this team. There's no, de- no there's no question about it. Yep. Usually you don't see those guys after two days of joint practices in the next preseason game. You usually don't see those guys in the third preseason game and final preseason game either. You put those two together. I'm not expecting to see any players of, first, second team quality that key players, I'm not expecting to see them much at all on, uh, on, on the, in the game this weekend. Yeah. This will be a game of third, fourth, fifth stringers. So still fun to watch. And some guys will make the roster because of it. So we'll see how it plays out. Albert Knoppers. Good Morgan gentlemen. Good to see you. Albert Alabama chagrin. Good morning. How do you think we beat the Raiders of week one? I'm sick of losing to those dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Broncos beat the Raiders week one by out bludgeoning them. Uh, I think uh, that's one. If the Broncos can go in and, pound the rock and uh, establish the line of scrimmage on the offensive side of the ball, uh, get the Raiders to have to play a little bit more base, and then you can get some shots over the top. I think that is the key to the game, and it's going to be the key to a lot of games. That's one reason I really wanted Jim Harbaugh, because his style of football, I think, really matched with Russell Wilson. You know, like, we're going to just see football, eat football, you know, beat the hell out of you. And uh, I think that's probably what the Broncos have to do as far as a, uh, a key to beating the Raiders week one. Effective, efficient, consistent run game uh, from the offensive line. Yeah, go right at them. Don't beat yourselves. You know, yeah. let let Josh McDaniels do something to Josh McDaniels this up. Um, I mean, that's kind of team turmoil. Mm-hmm. It's it's a team you'd rather play later when they've given up on their coach <laughs> than early when they still have uh, choices. But yeah, it's time. You know, we want to talk about all these things, and you you need to go out and beat the Raiders. You want to talk about playoffs? You want to talk about ten and seven, twelve and five? Raiders are a team you need to beat. Yep. And then the commanders after that, who look interesting with uh, ending the Baltimore Ravens 24 game preseason win streak uh, last night. So <laughs> Philip Hagginson, good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Bob Mullins says big shout out from New Hampshire. Only guy in the state who loves the Broncos and Pat's nation. Well, that's a beautiful time up there coming up here for you at least, but uh, hopefully the Broncos football is better. At least the Patriots are kind of irrelevant now too. I was just thinking about the other day, man, how that dynasties dynasties just kind of go out in a whimper sometimes. Christiana Roden. Uh, good morning, dudes. I'm good at wide receiver. Uh, but the Broncos must go defensive line and offensive lineman heavy. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how the season plays out uh, without a doubt. It could be a big need for the Broncos. Uh, maybe Mims steps up. Maybe it's not a big need. Maybe uh, KJ Hamler even comes back. I, who, who knows? But uh, Or maybe Brandon Johnson's unbelievable. We'll see how it plays out. But you you get a next year, if you draft a, a left tackle with your number one pick, you're, you've solved two problems. One... $16 million in savings on Garrett Bowles' contract. Two, you've pr- probably upgraded the position with a first-round pick, you'd like to think. Um, and three, you've done it cheaply with a mm-hmm. cost-controlled player. So three big reasons why left tackle could be 
high on the board next year. And four, well, you, you don't draft tackles, so forget it. <laughs> the last offensive yeah. tackle the Broncos drafted was Garrett Bowles, and that will be, if they were to skip one this year, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So it's been six drafts without drafting a tackle. You Can, can you go into 2024? Yeah, I'm sure you can. It's, in, it's insanity to me, Nick. I think they'll end up drafting one. Uh, just as the Sean Payton influence where the team is set up right now. Uh, even the backup tackles are short-term, one-year contract kind of things. It just it sets up for it. So we'll see, though. I mean, you're short on draft capital, and the less picks you have, the less likely you are to hit, take a position. So. Yeah, to pick, it, to pick any one specific thing. Yep. So Greg Smith, good morning to you, Greg. I think this is probably Benjamin Flores saying, howdy, fellas, just watching Good Morning Football. Lots of haters out there. Go Broncos. So I don't really listen to the uh, national media since Peyton left because I don't got really anything nice or informative to say. It's all, you know, let's talk about the Cowboys, Aaron Rodgers drama, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so it's, that's why you guys are here, right? You know, you're looking for the inside scoop and more, you know, perspective where we are hyper-focused. If you want to come in here and ask us about you know, the uh, Washington Commanders I have some idea on it, but not as good as, you know, somebody who's covering the team or even maybe a national coverage. But Denver Broncos, NFL draft, that's why you guys are here. Uh, so thank you guys coming in Cheers. here. Appreciate you. Dom coming in. So good morning. You guys see the interview on DNVR with Kay Adams. I did not. Uh, she said that Sean is happy with the Broncos and trying to bring another conference championship in a Super Bowl as organization. Sean is very traditional, and that's what we need in a head coach. Sounds like he respects the tradition in Denver. And uh, it's going to be fun uh, to see how they play out this year. And, uh, man, it sounds like it's going to be tough, though. The Chargers good. The Chiefs, obviously, the Chiefs. So going to be interesting without a doubt. And talking a lot about wide receiver, Scott, uh, as we have a lot of comments in here, I'm not going to be able to say hello to everybody, but appreciate everybody coming in here. Scott, if you see any comments you want to pull up, or if you guys really want your thing read, you know, we got Miguel Santa Steven, too. Good morning, fellas. Uh, but if you really want your comment read, uh, make sure you hit us with a super chat. Talking about wide receivers, the Broncos, or we found out yesterday via Jalen Virgil's Instagram uh, that he is going undergoing a knee surgery on his meniscus. Uh, Troy Rank mentioned, uh, shout out to Troy Rank, said that end of September to early October for Jalen Virgil. So I think for a meniscus tear, that's about as good of news as you could get. The best news sure. you can get on a, a meniscus is four to six weeks. And that's... Uh, that's and that's that's where it comes in. It could, if it, depending on the damage and the significance of the damage to it, it could end up being six months. Um, but it's it's when you hear, you worry about that. You know, could there be some strain on any of the other ligaments that could actually take a little bit longer than repairing the meniscus? Um, mm -hmm. But that is the best possible news when you have a knee injury that you really could have heard is four to six weeks. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. We're happy about that because he's been looking solid, um, doing some good things in the preseason, looking like he's he's learning to play the position. Yeah, and Roberto, I'm sure this came in when we were talking about Edge. What happened to the Baron Browning hype? Baron Browning is an enigma because the athleticism and the flashes are there, but he's been injured every Constantly. year so far, and I think he was injured at Ohio State as well. Uh, so he your played, best you, he played 40 plus games at Ohio State. That's what when, when we started talking about the. I didn't get where the, the injury rep started coming. I was like, he played pretty much every game at Ohio State. Now, did he leave injured? Was he injured when he left? I don't know, but he played 40-plus at OSU. There was an injury uh, at Ohio State uh, for Baron Browning. I don't remember exactly uh, what it was, but Browning's still there. Uh, he's got to get on the field. I think he'll probably start the season on the pup list because he was placed on it before the start of team activities. 
So therefore, uh, you don't have to put them out for the entire year, putting them on the pup list. It can be the, you can designate for return after week eight. With Jalen Virgil, the fact that he's going to be out four to six weeks, uh, if you want him to stay in Denver, the Broncos will have to keep him on the 53-man roster when they announce it. And then after that, they can place place him on the uh, short-term IR and create a roster spot. But because Jalen Virgil's been out there with team activity, they can't place him on the pup. They have to put him through the original 53, 53-man roster first if they don't want to subject him to waivers. So we'll be interesting to see what they do with him. And Nick, I'm totally wrong on this. I don't know if I looked up Jonathan Cooper and had Baron Browning in my mind, but he only played seven games his last year at Ohio State. He played five as a freshman, nine in 2018 as a sophomore, played 11 uh, and had 11 tackles for loss with five sacks, his best year in 2019. And then in 2020, he only played seven games with 29 tackles and a sack. So there's a lot of promise there, but not a lot of uh, a lot of production to go with it because of injury concerns. And I was dead wrong on that. Apologies. Uh, you know what? Some it's hard to remember everything. That's why I got to fact check yourself. So I hopefully, <laughs> yep, and that's what you did. So let me see. I was like, did I did I would I did I type in? I'm thinking Barrick and Browning, and I type Jonathan Cooper. I mean, I'm going to look up Jonathan Cooper's number two because they were together at Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, Cooper played a good bit. Uh, he fell because of the heart condition. But uh, yeah, Baron Browning, a lot of tools, but has not been able to stay healthy. So the hype is there as far as the upside. But if you can't stay healthy, then does nobody a lot of good. Uh, Lance Johnson, since top of the morning, fellas, long time no talk. Best time of the year is upon us. I got my Temple Bar uh, shirt on this morning for you. So the top of the morning uh, back at you out there. Temple Bar, very fun little spot out there in Dublin. Obviously famous uh, bar. Uh, Dominique Martin says salutations. Nick and Scott, mile high salute. Appreciate you coming in. Lance says, what do you guys think JL Skinner has to do to make the team? Seen lost out there against the 49ers, rooting for him. I don't think he's super likely to make the 53-man roster uh, right now just because he has not really stood out to me in any way. It seems like uh, DeLaren Turner-Yell, who was a higher draft pick than JL Skinner, uh, has been out there uh, making more splash plays, has been higher on the depth chart. I'm not sure what the long-term outlook is for uh, PJ Locke, uh, dealing with injury as well, but he's higher. Then JL Skinner, I mean, there's a lot of hype about him coming in, but uh, he has not really stood out super positively uh, to me in this. And I think that they'd probably be okay if they lost him through waivers and keeping uh, DeLaren Turniel, who in my opinion has looked better than JL Skinner out there. His tackling technique has been frustrating, uh, but as far as the explosiveness and the athleticism, uh, I think that DeLaren Turniel has been just a flashier player. When's the last time a draft pick was waived before even making the team oh that happens a good like that happens a pretty good bit especially for late day it hasn't three happened I mean, in three years on this team I'm trying to think if there was wasn't there a the broncos traded a player before the season even started that, um, cor- that cornerback that they cornerback. traded a, a corner and got another pick out of it but i thought he was yeah. a second year guy or was he the, no, he was the first year guy he, he never even played for okay the broncos. he uh that was my first year covering the team. I couldn't remember for sure. Um, you just feel like draft picks are not always, but they've, they're kind of a protected status the first year that they come in. Um, a lot of so we'll, we'll see. Guys, I, I, I just feel like it'd be, I, it would surprise me if he was cut because he was drafted this year. That, that's the only reason why. If I'm watching the game and for y'all listening later, I'm covering my eyes like this. It would surprise me if if he gets cut, and that's why. Um, but we'll see. We will see. 
I think the Broncos also waived um, 2021. Remember the defensive tackle from Mississippi State, Marquis Spencer? He, I don't think he made the active roster his first year as well. He was waived and then brought on the practice squad, which I think is probably the most likely situation with JL Skinner. That, right now. That's that's fairly common. We talk about we had a question last night. Um, you know, how many after the after the cuts, how many new players do you expect to see to the 53? And typically you're like one, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because out of 16 players that you can bring back against 32 teams, you know, let's just call it 500 players like two change teams. <laughs> it's usually it's, it's 99% of the guys that you sign in the NFL across the NFL are guys that were already on your 90. Mm-hmm. They they're familiar with them. You're familiar with them. You want to bring them back there. There could be some changes, but for the most part, you get all, all these players are going to be available and then really nothing happens. Um, but, but they will be available and you can put claims in them and see how it goes. And the kicker position could be one of those spots, Nick. Yeah, kicker could without a doubt. Also, the fact that you have uh, coaches coming in from three different spots. Uh, Sean Payton has familiarity with other players. Uh, Lombardi has familiarity with other players. And then Vance Joseph, uh, maybe you could see some guys that they've had contacts with in the past coming in because they have not been in Denver super long working with the same guys. So maybe that could uh, make the Broncos a little bit higher on the bell curve for the moves of new guys coming in. I think probably two and a half is what I'd set the over-under for Denver. But We'll see. Troy Bauer coming in 999 says, Hey guys, what are realistic expectations for the rookies, including undrafted? Uh, who look to make who looks to perhaps make this team? This could be a whole episode, <laughs> Troy, uh, before that, but just quick expectations. You're hoping for Marvin Mims to be the third or fourth wide receiver. I think punt returning spots him just based on numbers of roster picks or a number of uh roster slots. Uh, Drew Sanders, barring injury, will be a backup linebacker this season. That's gonna have packages where he comes in and blitzes a good bit you know and they're going to be a little bit more pressure oriented in some of those looks from the linebacker spot i expect him out there riley moss is a wait and see i'm really hoping it's not a lost season for him with the hernia injury but uh he's one that i'm not sure about and then as far as the the later picks uh jl skinner we just talked about him so i don't need to back that up alex worth has not stood out to me at all and they feel like the kyle fuller and uh, luke wattenberg have been higher on the pecking order than forsyth so He's another one that maybe is waived in practice squad. I'm not worried about somebody stealing Alex Forsyth from the Broncos based on what I've seen. Um, sometimes, I mean, he was the third to last pick in the draft and they added more comp picks. So it's, he's like even later than the average end of the draft kind of guy. 257. Yeah, very, very, very late. Uh, then after that, undrafted guys, Jaleel McLaughlin, he's making the team. They're going to get touches for him. He's going to be part of the game plan each and every week, probably five to seven uh, touches would be my expectation. As long as the guys ahead of him aren't injured. And uh, I can't think if there's any other undrafted free agents from this last class that really are. Oh, oh Alex Pierce, the, the Polish Pernisky? name, Pernisky, Yes. Uh, the Polish guy from Illinois. Uh, it's not me. I've heard that one before. Sorry. I'm from the Midwest and a, a lot of uh, Polish people from the Chicago area, but uh, the, uh, I think he's got a chance to make the roster as well uh, as a, as your fourth tackle. I think there's a, there's a chance he beats out uh, Isaiah Prince um, for that fourth tackle spot. He was the backup right tackle in that first game. Um, we'll see what he looks like. He's going to get some reps in this uh, third game. And I think he, maybe he's one that could be an undrafted guy that makes the team. And I think Thomas Incum is a guy that should be back on the practice squad. Uh, Central Michigan edge would be one. I would keep an eye out, but good question though. Realistic expectations. First three drafted, Hopefully you'll see a lot of them if they stay injury free after that, you know, there are only what five picks. 
Yep. Went two, three, three, six, seven in your draft picks. Um, six and seven would be lucky to make the 53. Uh, from what it looks like right now. Um, String Guy, I think this one got answered, but just in case it, it you know, y'all are listening after the fact. It says, good morning all. By the way, it seemed like Denver spiked the ball with one second left on the clock, but the refs ended the half anyway. Uh, it was reviewed, and as I was listening to the 49ers broadcast, the play-by-play guy said he got a text from Fox NFL analyst Mike Pereira, who was the godfather of NFL rules analysts. The, the Fox was the first people to do that. They said for that to be overturned there had to be two seconds on the clock and obviously there wasn't it's not like a shot clock in the nba and you say it seems a little strange but remember that's not how they handle the game clock in either when it comes down to um the play clock it's basically you, you can sit there and watch it and broncos fans y'all have uh, uh, some experience counting down the clock it's, you know, three, two, one, zero, look up, see the zero, blow your whistle. It doesn't go to review. There is human error involved in that. So they give it a little cushion. Um, otherwise, you you could review every play. Well I, well, I thought the play clock was expired. Yeah, there's human error built in. And in this case, two seconds. And there definitely was not a two. If there was a shot clock with a decimal point on there, it may have been point two, and And that wouldn't have been good enough. Uh, what we talked about was we didn't see enough of a replay. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't show every angle several times over and over and over again. Like Virgil scored to me. That was certainly yeah. questionable. Yeah, I thought he scored. Um, but we'll see uh, if that happens. I mean, the point of emphasis for the coaches and the players, right? You know, that's they left points off the board that if they had them, they would have probably won the game, right? They scored. They went down there to the one yard line and weren't able to score any points. Uh, that's one that in hindsight, maybe they do something a little differently. Uh, so hopefully they'd uh, improve upon that. Gary Palmer says, good morning, Nick and Scott and go Broncos and Buckham. Thank you so much, Gary. Hope you're doing well. Uh, what's up with Jalen Virgil says little chips. We, uh, we just talked about a little clips uh, that he tore his meniscus. He's going to have surgery out four to six weeks. I think that the Broncos will probably keep him on the original 53 and then put him on the short term IR uh, where you can bring him bring him back later. But it's possible that they completely uh, waive him for that 53 and then hope nobody picks him up. Uh, because he is a back-end wide receiver spot right now, and he's going to miss four to six weeks. But I, I'm not sure. I think he, we've seen enough from him. I'm concerned enough about the wide receiver spot that I'd put him in the 53 and then put him on the short-term IR, and then you'll have a spot open up where you can make some moves. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but good news, uh, Little Clips Gaming was uh, the, the best possible news you could get from the knee injury on that one. So uh, four to six weeks, That that is that is good news. Um Jeremy Sean says, why are there clocks at all if it doesn't matter? There is no human error involved in replay. That's not true because they basically has to be. The problem is they try to take human error out of it, which is silly. Replay was put in to take away the egregious error. I've always said put a 15-second time clock. You have 15 seconds. If you can't tell one way or the other that what which way this call should go in 15 seconds, then move on and play ball. Uh, it was replay was not put in to reofficiate games. It wasn't ever. That was never what it was for. Um, they take things out that are too questionable judgment calls out of you can't. Oh, sorry, that's not reviewable. So that is the human error that's involved. And dude, you watch enough soccer, you you know what clocks are like. Come on, they don't. They they turn the clock off once time's expired, and then they let the referee decide when he wants to blow the whistle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is there is human error involved in replay, whether it's. We know there's going to be, this is not reviewable or not. Yeah. 
final bit of news here before we wrap it on up. Uh, the Broncos did sign a wide receiver from the XFL, Josh Hammond uh, from DC coming to Denver. Uh, I don't expect him to make the team <laughs> this late in the process. Uh, probably somebody that's just, uh, they needed another wide receiver to come in, get some eyes on him and uh, run, be able to run the practice. But this late in the process, he's still out there. Uh, there's wide receivers in front of him that are not NFL's top rotation caliber that are more likely to make the team than him at this point. But you need another body in there. It's a shot. Uh, we'll see what happens with Josh Hammond. I have not watched too much XFL because I'm too busy hanging out with you guys, talking Broncos and uh, NFL draft. Uh, but I would just, you know, a little note keeping there. We'll see what happens with Josh Hammond, but they're adding uh, depth to the room for practice and uh, reps and getting everything ready before the season starts. Lance Johnson asks, has uh, Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito done enough to surpass Browning on the depth chart? Yes, they have showed up and played. Yeah, uh, both guys look great so far. Uh, now, if everybody's healthy, it might be uh, a question, but you say know, so you never lose your job to injury. Well, is Browning, as he cemented himself as a starter, you know, he was a backup last year. So I, I think when Baron Browning is healthy, he doesn't automatically go back into the number one. And frankly, no pun intended, I thought Frank Clark was listed number one on the uh, unofficial depth chart anyway. Yeah. But no, there's absolutely not. Has, has Browning just get to walk back into and start taking reps away from these guys? He's going to have to earn them for, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we've had flashes from Browning, but this offseason we'd have flashes from Nick Benito and Cooper has been more substance uh, than flash out there. So, yeah, uh, but, you know, and, and as, as Jeremy says, if if Baron comes back looking great, then he'll be right there. Yeah, he'll, that means he's earned it. Mm-hmm. He's he's not going to just <clears throat> automatically get put into that spot. He'll he'll earn it through his talent and play, because when he's playing well, he's more physically gifted than either of the two players you mentioned. Um, he's got the same type of quickness as Benito and he's a little bit bigger than Cooper, at least similar size, yeah. um, you know, where he's got um, just he's got more tools. Athletic and if he's playing at his ceiling. He's a better edge than the other two. Yeah, I think he's not as slippery or balanced as uh, Benito is as a finesse rusher. I don't think he can bend the corner as much like Benito really is s- slick. Uh, now he's he got a little bit more power so far. I mean, yeah. he's perfected that move because the only thing he does is dip dip the shoulder under the outside of the offensive tackle and try to run. He's yeah. only got one move so far. He's good at that one. Yeah, that's needs Take to have a that counter. one away, and yeah. I'm going with Browning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, then Cooper, much uh, more stout against the run, uh, more of a true edge rusher so far. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with Browning. The fact that those other guys have stepped up is great, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, guys, we got to wrap it on it up here. Michael Ronquillo saying, great show today, Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham. Thank you so much uh, for the support and the double dipping of the stars today, Michael. Big, big stars to close us out, Michael. We appreciate that, my friend. Heck yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Well, a lot of fun today. Um, obviously talked a lot about the wide receiver spot, uh, the offense in general, long-term questions, immediate questions as well. Uh, but yeah, this uh, we f- put in a bow on the 49ers and getting ready for this uh, training or combined practice, combined scrimmage. Uh, with the Rams this week as they come to town. Joint so practices. Be, joint practice. That's the phrase. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, Careful saying that in Denver. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's when joint Seattle practices. comes to town. Yeah, the uh, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah the uh, the Broncos for sure are gonna look. Uh, it's gonna be an interesting one. I'm not super impressed with the Rams' talent overall right now. Uh, they've kind well, of especially team... in the middle with uh, with yeah. Aaron Donald not being there. 
and they just haven't been able to replace the offensive line. Uh, Matt Stafford is, uh, you know, dealing with spine uh, back injury. So be interesting to see how the Broncos look against that. If the Broncos, you know, are getting beat up in the trenches against the Rams, uh, then we maybe we can press the panic button a little bit again. But uh, we'll see. Uh, Broncos matching up a lot with the NFC West in preseason and uh, should be fun with joint practices starting here and a pretty darn good uh, coach coming into Denver. That'll be a good test uh, for those guys. So any final thoughts before we wrap it up and get on out of here, Scott? Nope. Looking forward to getting some reports about the joint practices. A, a lot comes out of those, probably more than the preseason games. Yeah. Um, the players are out there for longer. They're put in more controlled environments where they get to go 1v1. It's it's like going to a senior bowl and stuff, and it's, it's more of a true eval uh, where they'll get – that your number ones will get more work this week than they have during the preseason. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're, they're very beneficial and the players love them. Looking forward to uh, the reports coming out that we can talk about on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back tomorrow and I'll be back tonight. So uh, I have a lot of fun. Make sure you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you guys are following us at BFB underscore pod, as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe to mile high huddle over on YouTube. Like this show, like Broncos for breakfast with Scott and I every single Monday, Tuesday, Thursday morning, and uh, sharing your social media platforms. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, shout out to everybody who came in with the support and the stars today. Gregory Vandalin kicked us off. 49.99 big time mark schrader coming in andrew lampy coming in here a little late says uh morning fellas late that's okay but uh we'll watch later thanks again for all the great content we'll appreciate well, you the coming support in. andrew yeah i really do cute uh cute picture too andrew uh good little good little guy there uh hopefully uh what first day of school first picture there probably about you know first grade or something that's awesome uh congrats to you and uh looks like a sound looks like a proud papa there so uh, appreciate you andrew coming in and supporting us uh, Richard coming in here, uh, Beeson Cotter. I'm, I'm sorry. I do not. I am German, but I do not speak German. So appreciate you coming in with the five euros. Mark Schrader, shout out Michael Ronquillo multiple times, Gary Palmer and, uh, Troy Bauer also coming in consistently with the 999 and Andrew, uh, there at the very end as well. So appreciate you guys. Uh, we will see you guys again tonight. Uh, I will at least on building the Broncos with Carl Dummler. Scott will be in the background. And, uh, again, tomorrow morning, Scott and I over on his channel. You guys have a great rest of your day. Continue to choose kindness and compassion. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. 
Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com